All right, welcome to the Speak Your Peace podcast. My name is Ian McNaughton Biggie. Uh, joining us for today's episode is SYP creator Scott. Scott, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. I'm back. I'm officially on summer holidays as of three hours ago. I am fired up. We are living. Um, I'm excited to pod. I, I don't think I've done a pod in like two weeks, Ian, maybe since the, the batch. Uh, I was going to say probably the batch pod because last week, uh, the, the pod we did last week was Shmuel and, and Rav. And then we didn't do a pod for a week, and now we're just doing this week's pod. A couple pods, I guess. You gave me a holiday, so I'm back. Yes. I'm looking forward to it. We have some. We have a lot of content to today, so I'm, let's. We should get into it. I'm looking forward to it. We're doing this the Monday after Father's Day. Did you celebrate Father's Day with your dad yesterday, or what did you do yesterday? It's funny. Yesterday, uh, I basically just studied all day. No one was home. I had. Oh, nice. Just- <clears throat> well, yes and no. I had to study. I had my exam this morning, so. No, but that's like, that's like the that's like the typical Father's Day type. Not the study, but like being by yourself, just wanting everybody to fuck off, and then you can just do your own thing on a Sunday, on a beautiful Sunday where it's been a scorcher here for the last two or three days. Like, well, it's funny. Normally, my dad and I would go play golf, or we'd go do something. But he's up, he's up working um, away from Squamish. Uh, ah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I host myself. I needed to study anyway, so it kind of worked out nice. But shout out Joe, by the way. Joe, Joe rocks. Joe rocks. Joe gets. Uh, He's a, he's a pilot, for those that don't know. He flies helicopters, so if you ever need a flight, let me know. Uh, I, I don't know if you're... Uh, is your dad doing... Uh, this, we're going off topic here, but is your dad doing air ambulance? Yep. He does a lot of things for the company, but he does fly air ambulance. It's his favorite job. Um, he does do scheduled service on time, so the flights to Vancouver and Victoria. And I'm, I was going to say, my dad this morning on Monday, he uh, flew Helijet for the first time in like I think a year, pretty close to a year. He flew Helijet to Nanaimo for a project he's doing with his job. So I didn't know they might like very rarely would my dad see your dad doing Helijet, but every once in a while, like every blue moon, they might see each other. They might, yeah. It's he normally does air ambulance stuff and he's working away from the harbor, but yeah, yeah, he does some good stuff for sure. Uh, speaking of. I guess dads and fathers, they will talk about the U.S. Open. Uh, the U.S. Open final round was yesterday, Sunday. Uh, shout out John Rahm. Co- not coming out of nowhere, but he just had a, a solid final round to win the U.S. Open at, I believe it was six under. He was uh, six under for the day. Um, big thing about his final round, he birdied the first two holes and he birdied yeah. the last two holes. That was huge that it was it was funny watching on sunday because i watched uh beginning to end coverage on nbc and i mean i I, and then i watched the hockey game afterwards but it was funny like the guys were like the shambo rom ustays and not quite mckenzie hughes but a few guys like started out the round really well got to about the end of the front nine started the back nine, and they were struggling like there was a good like hour hour and a half segment where the guys were just struggling and it looked like nobody wanted to win the tournament and then and then all of a sudden uh john rom hits the birdie on 17 gives gives the tiger fist pump and then does it again on 18 uh which clinches his win essentially uh thoughts on the u th- thoughts on the u.s open there, there's a lot that's a that's a loaded question Ian, i gotta say um, okay okay let's start with rom first well let's start with rom and we'll go we'll go through there Rom deserved a major. I think he was one of the guys in that group that hasn't won a major that definitely deserved one. And he was a good for him. Like, first of all, good for him. Um, and it's not like it was, he earned it. It's not like it was given to him. He, he fucking earned that thing. Um, again, he, you know, big birdies on one and two. 
Yeah, he, you know, again, th- from three hole three to hole 16, he was car bogey golf with a couple, maybe a birdie or two mixed in. I don't remember his exact score, but um, he was four under on the day. And fact is, the birdies on 17 and 18 were huge. And I, you know, can't state that enough. Um, 17, it was like a 25 foot slider to the right, which for right handed putters, as you know, a breaking putt to the right is often harder to read than one to the left when it's hooking in. Yeah. Um, and he, the fact he made both nuts. Um, and I think putting, especially the birdie on 18, put a lot of pressure on Ustazen to do some, some sort of damage coming. Cause I remember Rom was a couple holes ahead of Ustazen. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I think Rom, by the time he finished 18, Ustazen maybe was on 12, 13, 14, like something yeah. long. Like he, he, he had a few holes to do something and Ustazen just didn't get it done. Well, unfortunately. It, it wasn't just that it was, you know, again, we talk, we talk about Rom again, like on 18, he could have, you know, hit his bunker shot a lot closer than he did, but the fact mm-hmm. that he was the putt, which was huge. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we look at what we see on 17, he blew it into the penalty area, which that base, as soon as that happened, there was no way. Yeah. He, was, he wasn't going to, he needed to make par on 17. 18 is a birdie hole. And if you saw, he actually did birdie 18. So had he made, par on 17 we would be into a playoff and we'd have could have a different conversation than we are right now uh i was very i was very excited to see john rom win obviously his family was there it's his his, like first win as a father and then everybody first major major as a father and then of course there's the, the memorial tournament fiasco that happened a few weeks ago where he had to pull out of the of the memorial tournament because of a positive COVID test on Saturday when he was winning by six shots. We all know the story. Um, I want to talk about underwhelming golfers this weekend because I feel like it's Bryson DeChambeau in terms of underwhelming golfers and then everybody else. So, not, even, not even that. <clears throat> um, I think, let's, you know, let's start with some Canadian content. I think the fact okay, is that sure. Mackenzie Hughes was six over for the day, which sucks. That's yeah. Not, especially for a final round. Again, don't nothing to discredit the guy. He played great golf up until up um, until sunday basically a whole seven on sunday he was great um he was again in the hunt basic going into the back nine he was in the hunt he just couldn't make a pot to save his life he could not make nothing would fall for him all of his tent is like 5 10 15 foot putts which 15 foots you might you might make half of them if you're playing well you're on in anything inside 10 feet you should make consistently and he just wasn't making any of them. And um, he, like, it wasn't like he put himself in trouble all the time. He just did, couldn't make putts. He, he um, just couldn't finish. That was his issue. He just couldn't finish. That was, yeah, that was his issue. And um, again, great, you know, good for him. Now we've got that experience. Next time he's in a major like that, he's going to, maybe he'll do something different. You never, maybe it's just, the, you know, having that mental experience of having, you know, that experience of being in a major in a pressure cooker situation like he was in. Um, it'll help him in the future for sure. And you talk about DeChambeau. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. You go on. Um, go for it. See, DeChambeau, he, again, let's not forget going into the 10th hole, he was he was at the leader. He was the leader yesterday. Um, <clears throat> and he was hitting the ball great, down, you know, doing what Dish Bryson does, hitting at 350,000 yards. He, I thought he was doing a good fill impression where he just missed every fairway and regulation and then he hit like nice recovery shots and then he, putted well 
Like that was Phil thing. That was Phil's thing at the PGA where Phil, like it just seemed like never made a fairway. And then he had some nice recovery shots to put him in good spots. And then he would putt well. What that's just Phil's patent, right? Is that he's yeah. just so good at making the recovery shots and Bryson, that's not per se that's, Bryson's. No, that, no, that's not, that, I was going to say, that's not who Bryson is as a golfer. And that's not how he likes to play. I just thought that's how he was playing on Sunday where he was missing fairways and he was, hit, he was hitting well, the rough. Again, And that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's not for No, no, no. If you're a good golfer could do that. Like a good golfer can miss fairways consi- like regularly or consistently and still play good recovery shots to put them in contention. Like it's not necessarily a bad thing. And he was, yeah. like you say, in the lead going into the back nine. In the back nine. And then he had, he went four over through 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah. And then he quadruple bogeyed. That's correct. Quadruple bogeyed 17. Because he, he put it in the tr- in the hazard area as well on 17 and then he shanked a chip uh, out of the bunker for par and then he had a chip up and he two putted for for eight it was he, play, it was he a- played like me on 17 like it was that bad like and i've i feel bad for the guy because obviously he didn't like nobody tries to play that bad at golf but good lord that was tough to watch on sunday afternoon you rare again, you know, PJ on the PJ, they have the shot tracer, so you can see like the line like that follows the ball, right? Yes. On his chip, it just just straight right. <laughs> you know, went back into the gallery. What? Like that, like 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 that's how bad it was. Like it wasn't even on line with the with the hole or the pin. It just went that, straight. Well, because he hit the hosel, hit the little, you know, the little little bit, and then there's the club. So there's a club face, and then the yes, little, yeah. So that's where he hit. And the, the thing, it's funny, you talk about how it went straight right. Um, a lot of that, I think a lot of that because of how he swings. You notice Bryson, he's the only player I noticed do this. He's like standing straight up. Yes. And his arms are like locked. And it, but, it, but he also, he's designed like that. Like that's how he's practiced and that's how he set himself up is just to like do like you say, just straight up, straight arm. But all I'm saying is that with the lie, with how he was positioned in in the bunker he had mm-hmm. to like choke down on his club and he can only choke down so far without committing an infraction right so yeah. again it's very yeah it was a tough really tough spot he put himself in and um unfortunate balance but by that point he had he was done anyways like he was oh, he was no he wasn't even winning it by the time he got to 17 so it, so, but it, it was tough yeah tough day for bryson um i'd say those are two of the more underwhelming stories especially from the final round but mm-hmm. from, yeah, again, going into the front round, there's so many golfers, so many like big names going into the, you know, within the top 15, really. Morikawa was there, DJ was there. McElroy um, was there. I, I, was, I wasn't thrilled with McElroy. McElroy kind of underwhelmed me a little bit. Like it just seemed like he was very all, he was all over the place and didn't seem to have any sort of consistency to his game on Sunday. Even though I think he finished like even par somehow or like one over, but. On the day, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't remember exactly. But again, Mac, the thing with McIlroy too is like nothing wrong with how he played. It's just he just couldn't finish putts. He, no. you know, he was. I think he was kind of grinding the whole final round, to be honest. And you know, when you're not, when you're not flowing, when you're not smooth, it's it's just hard. And that's that's you know, guys that finish even or one over <clears throat> or two over, those are guys that are grinding the round. Anyone that's in the red, <clears throat> anything under par. Like Rom, I mean, without you know going back into Rom again, but yeah. um, Rom was just flowing. He's so, and you know, after seventeen, he was buzzing, and 
<clears throat> 18, he had a great shot, just missed right in the bunker, but he chipped on, made made the putt, and that was that was the difference maker. Is that Rom with the flat sticks been huge? Was huge, and even looking back to and the Tour Championship last year, remember <clears throat> some of the putts he made? Or sorry, not the Tour Championship, but the FedEx Cup playoffs. Yes, the putts he made were absolutely nuts, and him and DJ were kind of going one and one, going at it, and um, missed it. it was Rom. It was Rom's time, so. Yeah, mono, awesome. mono a mono between him and DJ back in the FedEx Cup playoffs. In the FedEx Cup playoffs yeah, 100%. And, was- and, and I just thought he, it was just a signature win. Like he just had that. It's, I know everything in golf goes back to Tiger, but that's kind of his Tiger moment of just like sinking the putt on 17, the fist pump, like the excitement. It, it kind of reminded me a little bit of 2008 when he sinks the putt to send it to a playoff, but um just a, a great all-around story with john rom winning it any other guys or players that you want to mention good or bad before before we head out and talk about something else um i thought kepka actually ha- had a good back nine like to put himself into this kepka like played better than i thought he was going to i i thought the shambo was going to finish ahead of him but that was more the shambo just shitting the bed than uh Kepka Kepka. yeah Kepka is always going to be in every u.s open every every major for that matter mm-hmm. uh, he's going to always be in the mix whether he wins or not that's yet to be seen um he won a couple majors at this point a couple in the u.s open as well i think um, yeah maybe. but yeah it's you know again the thing with brooks is I'm excited, you know, I gotta say, I can't wait for a Brooks Bryson either match or a grouping or whatnot. It's it's gonna be good for golf and good for content. Um, we'll see what happens. But again, you know, Brooks won in terms of the, who, who's better. Brooks was better um, in the final round. Bryson was the better golfer the whole week, but yeah, it was close uh, for I was gonna say we'll see them uh, go at one another uh, for the uh, the the next match event. I think which is taking place July fourth weekend in Big Sky, Montana, Wyoming. Because that's the Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. That's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. That that that. So there's that match, and then of course, obviously, the next uh, major championship will be the British Open, the Open Championship. I, I don't know what the official name is. Uh, it'll be taking place. Uh, yep. I think when we're in when we're in Victoria for our SYP takeover. I that weekend, yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. So we got some great golf content coming up here in the next few weeks. Um, let's throw it over to hockey now. So as we record this on Monday afternoon, the Vegas Golden Knights stole one from the Montreal Canadiens. Game four, two, one overtime victory. Uh, that series is tied at two. Game five on Tuesday night. Uh, before, before that, well, before that. Before game five tonight between the Islanders and the Lightning is when we're recording this pod. So we'll see the Islanders Lightning later on this evening. Uh, let's talk about Montreal-Vegas first. Um, what a game that was. Just a, a crazy game, even though it was only 2-1. Crazy game. Um, crazy yeah. last 23 minutes of hockey. If yes. After the first like 37 minutes were boring as hell. There's nothing happening. But you're right. The last 23 minutes were pretty epic. I'll, I'll give you that for sure. Uh, do you, should we, do we start with the officiating conversation? Are we going to have, uh, should we start with that conversation? Cause I feel like that's probably the biggest takeaway from that game was not even just the game, but the playoffs as a whole. I think we'll go into yeah. that more um, later once the season's over and hopefully when there's some sort of officiating reform, Um 
There's I don't. Some, I, I don't want to have. This isn't the time and place to have the big conversation right now. That is in the off season, but it's just last night was just so bad and, and so awful. And it wasn't one sided. It was both ways. It was. It, yeah. No. I, I totally agree with you. Like I don't. I know people are saying like, oh, Chris Lee is trying to get Vegas into the po- You know, into the finals or whatever. It's like no. This was just bad officiating on both sides and. It ruined. It, it kind of ruined the game last night, and and I don't know how the NHL is going to fix it if they really want to fix it. But I just thought last night these refs were terrible, and I hope they don't call another playoff game again. There's a point where you got to start calling stuff, and like, and that's the whole. I think Ian, we've talked about it before, maybe off off camera, off the record. Um, but there's a certain as officials there's game management and that's, you know, with any, with any sport, with any um, like, even like teams themselves, like they have their own game management strategies. They have, and we'll, we'll talk about that when, when we talk about the Islanders in a bit, but um, like refs, refs have a game plan in a way, in, in a way, but it's very fluid and adaptive to what, what the game presents. And I, I was a referee for six years. So I, I can, I kind of, I have some basis here and other uh, refs could, may not may not necessarily fully agree with me but they'll agree with me on some points and um playoffs are always officiated differently than the regular season and that's for whatever reason that's just how it's been um there gets there's too much stuff that gets let go and that's what leads to all these scrums and all these like prime example the weber weber and i think it was um carrier incident or i think was carrier or walk no, what? Oh, uh, maybe it was Wa. Anyways, it was it was one, one of the, of the Vegas, ba- one. Yes, one of the biggest. Bottom six Vegas forwards. So, uh, we'll just quick quick example. This is just one that sticks out to me. So, Carrier, I'll just say Carrier because that's I think sure. Carrier boards hits Weber into the boards from behind. It's not malicious, but it's a boarding penalty because it's from behind. It's not CFB check from behind, which would be a game, but it's all it's all all it is all needs to be a two minute boarding. Ref standing right in the corner. Puck was right there. Boom, two minute, two minute boarding. There's nothing else that has to happen. That's it. That's the call. That is as textbook of a boarding call as there could ever be. Look it up in the rule book if you have rule book at home. Uh, look it up, please. Tell me that is not not a boarding call. Um, I will argue with that. Argue with that. But that non-call, because Weber, let's not forget, Weber's a smart guy. Weber, at this point, he's he's 36. He knows what a penalty is. He's no dummy. No dummy. Second moose boy, by the way, from from he, good BC boy, yeah. Boy, he knows the game, and he knows that should be a penalty. Mm-hmm. So, and this, I think, uh, it was Kelly Rudy brought up a good point. He's like, "Oh, okay, so that's not a penalty. So I'll give you one back." You know, gives him a little shot from behind, is in the head. Yeah, should it be a penalty? Probably two minutes for roughing. That's what I would call that. So, uh, the board, the boarding gets called. That's the one penalty. But now that's not called. So then there's another one. That's roughing. Weber goes to the box. Weber is now pissed because his call wasn't called. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous, right? And there's and there's more too. So and then Weber cross checks or um, Carrier from behind. That's another penalty. That's two minutes for cross checking. And then um, Carrier turns around after being on the ground, slashes them Weber in the back mm-hmm. legs. No call there. And then they start getting into into like a little scrum. So you could give both of them roughing penalties. 
there were zero calls of what I just described. And Ian, I think you probably remember this was last night, right? And this is a, you know, it's just, it's such an issue with the league is that you call what you see and you call the first one before it gets out of hand, especially with, with fouls, like stick infractions. That's a different conversation, but where it's, it's physical, it's physical contact penalties. That's different. The problem is there's two two things for me where it's like, if you don't call the first one, it just cycles through the rest of the game. And it's just like, it's just going to be rehashed. Like even in the, it, it, if you don't call it in the first period, don't call it in the third period. And it's like with it's like baseball umpiring, where it's like if that's a strike in the first inning, that's a strike in the sixth inning. Like you can't just call that differently as the game goes on. But the, my I, I kind of agree, I agree with you with stick infractions. It's just when players' safety, like when the boarding or checking from behind or roughing or hits to the head, when none of that shit gets called, that's a problem. Because now player safety is being impacted here. And you can't, like, obviously everybody knows when you get into playing hockey, you're playing a dangerous game. It, 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 that, that's clear when you sign up. It's not the safest game. It's not playing basketball or whatever. But my point is, it's just... Not a really good example, but anyway. It's not a really good example. But my point is that it's, hockey is a dangerous sport. It is a contact sport. But there is a line. Like there is a point where it just it becomes so dangerous that now nobody's safety can be protected and the refs aren't looking out for anybody. And who the fuck cares? I'm just going to hit anybody. It's like when you and I play Chell and I'm just going to hit everybody I can because the ref's not calling everything. Like the ref calls more in Chell than they do in real life in the playoffs. Well, like, that's not like computers. So they, they no, know. but my, I'm just saying like, oh, you're right. yeah. you just call it. I don't, yeah. As a fan, I don't care because as a fan, I just want the player safety to be yeah. looked after and cared for instead of for the fact that, oh, well, it's the playoffs. Anything goes. Like, Not quite. After- There's a point, and again, who knows what the agenda is with the NHL, and we can speculate all day about yeah. that. But the fact is that doesn't matter. And the, the important part for the players is they can't worry about it. They, they can't let that get to them. You know what? Kill the penalty and move on. Like – or you know, if if you if you get if you have any power play, take advantage of it and move on. Like the Braden again, the Braden point goalie interference that was not goalie interference. No, Braden, God, there no. was no way of him being able to get, get out of the way of that. Pellet clearly pushed him in. Could point have stopped? I maybe. don't think. I don't think so. You could make the you could try and make the argument. I don't think it's a good one. Maybe, but it's 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 going to be hard to make that argument. I'm not going to because I yeah. think he was pushed in. But anyways, but the what the Islanders did, they went on the power play and scored. So. Again, you can't control what the refs are going to do. So why why are you going to start bitching and complaining about it? You can't because you can't do anything. You gotta just you know keep playing the game and you know hopefully it were you know you'll get the, get the luck and get the bounces your way. And again, like to our to in your point and my point as well. And it's you know it is shitty when the refing isn't isn't fair, it isn't equal every way. But it's it's never going to be perfect. But there is I will say you know there is some reform needed. Hopefully this off season they can take a step back and look and be like, okay, like here's some game management. Here's, here's some techniques. Here's what we're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do, but I hope they do something. Uh, that's been our conversation on officiating. Uh, we'll do, we'll probably do more in the off season. What we should do, we should get Tanner on. Um, good friend. That- good friend of the pod. He, he is an active official. He's done some above minor. So he's done some major midget. He's done some, 
Junior B, I believe, stuff. Um, he did a BCHL preseason game, too, I he believe. preseason game. We'll get him on the pod. He'll have some better insights on the officiating aspect of the games. And, um, again, once we ho- hopefully hear, knock on wood, some reform regarding officiating, um, we'll get him on. And, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the actual games now, the teams winning games. Uh, Vegas won 2-1. Uh, Nicholas Wall getting the OT winner. Uh, that, that was, I, I don't want to say a must-win game for Vegas, but that's a really tough hole to climb out of down 3-1 to a stingy Habs team. Um, th- thoughts on the Flurry-Leonard situation, because Leonard obviously starts game four. Flurry gets a rest, and I don't know if they've announced who the goalie is for game five, but just thoughts on start, start to happen yet. Okay. Uh, thoughts on Leonard starting game five or game four. Pierre DeBoer or Pete DeBoer is one gutsy motherfucker. <laughs> um, he, phew, that's that's one hell of a call. Fleur, you know, there's league-wide respect for Marc-Andre Fleury. He could win the Vezina this year, um, but he is tired, and that's undoubtedly true. So the fact is Leonard came in. I mean, the, the Golden Knights have two, like, star goalies. Let's not, let's, you know, not count that out, but – Leonard played great and he did what he did his job. He did what he needed to do and he got the win. And, um, but oh, the Knights need to win that. Did they ever, um, Montreal, they, him them in Vegas are built so similarly. It's, it's kind of weird how it is. Um, they got, you know, really good, really good defense. They have Vezina caliber goalies or goalie in Montreal situation. Um, and four lines that can all produce and score. And that's the, that's the, that's the key right there is that all four lines can and will produce, um, which is the scary part for, and this is, this matchup is so unique that way is that who knows who's going to win. I don't, I don't know at this point. Uh, Pete the boar. It's, it's like uh, you've seen the movie dodgeball where it's like, that's a bold strategy cotton. Let's see how it plays out. Uh, that's Pete the boar starting Robin letter in, in, in a critical playoff game. Um, yeah, and you mentioned it, four lines, uh, like all that can score goals. Uh, Paul Byron getting the only Habs goal on a breakaway yesterday. Like, who would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thought? Um, not um, me. Nick Suzuki, who was on property of the Golden Knights, not too yes. long, which is interesting. Um, him, he was traded. He was the key piece in the Max okay. Petrick deal that sent him to Vegas. Yeah, so, so I mean... I don't know. Uh, it's the series is tied at two. It, it's been, I think it's actually been the, the better series. We'll talk about the Islanders lightning a bit, but I think storyline Montreal play is, is kind of boring, which is maybe an understatement, huh? but Montreal's a little bit under a little bit boring. I don't know what you're seeing. No, they, no, because Montreal plays like the slow grind it like Vegas is speed. And I think Montreal tries to slow that like Montreal well, because they have to. That's the only way they're going to... But, but here, but, oh, yeah, no, that's the only way. But, like, then all of a sudden, as, like, out of, not out of nowhere, but as you saw last night, like, Cole Caulfield, like, gives them just the random burst of energy out of nowhere in the third period, too. Like, can just go and make something happen, too, where Corey Perry looks like an old man on skates. Cause okay, is... yes, but let me... Okay, I might... I might be shutting a little bit of my Ducks bias here, but... <laughs> Court, but Corey Perry is a playoff hockey player. You cannot argue against that. With no, him. he is. He is. He is. Um, and 
who cares how slow he is? You look at Mark Stone. Mark Stone used to be a slow fuck, and he's an effective player, right? It's, it's like, you know, it's players like Stone. It's like players like Perry that make her, you know, again, Perry went to the cup final with the Stars last year. It may, it's not because of him that they're there, but he's a piece on the team that makes the team whole. And that's, and that's why I think Perry is one of the greatest performers, not ever, but right now, because just because of how he, I don't know how to explain this. It's like, he's clutch. Not even that. He's just effective. It's very, it's a very lame term to use, but he is effective and he does his job well for mm-hmm. what he's doing. And he's playing fourth line minutes, which in Montreal is like, it's like third line minutes because every line plays so much. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, you know, again, that's, you know, to your, to your point, um, Ian, you're talking about, you know, the four, the four lines and like, well, Perry's part of that. Right. So. Uh, who do you have winning the rest of this series? Uh, we got a best of three coming up here, two games in Vegas, uh, game. Well, well, we should know, uh, uh, what the finals is by Saturday night. Um, who, who do you have winning the rest of the series? Oh, I did pick Vegas at the start of the year to win the cup. So I kind of have to stay with that. I don't honest, to be honest, I don't care who wins this series and we'll get, we'll talk about the other series in a bit, but I don't care who wins Montreal Vegas. I think both teams deserve to go. Um, Montreal has played their way to be able to deserve it in Vegas. They're my pick to win the cup. So um, pick them, I guess, seven games. Uh, I, I'm, I'm taking Montreal because I said before the series on our last pod that I have Montreal in the upset in this series because I, I am rooting for Carey Price. I hope Carey Price. And, and it's kind of cool having Montreal, like the historic Canadian franchise. Uh, oh, the, be the 25th, be the yeah. 25th uh, Stanley Cup would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. So like, uh, yeah. like I said, I don't care who wins, but I pick Vegas just for the show. Um, Ian, you pick Montreal. It's a good pick. Um, also, kudos to the Habs for – they didn't win on Sunday, but still – with with Dominic Ducharme out because of COVID, uh, he yeah. probably won't be back for the rest of this series. But they'll have, they'll have to make it like a final for him to come back. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what the, I that I know I just said they're a bit boring, but the contrast to that, this team has been through through so much crap and has got like has so much adversity that they've had to clear all season. And somehow, between injuries, COVID, the, our, the, 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 the most difficult comeback of the postseason so far, and somehow the Montreal Canadiens are in a best, series against the top. Best, best, best of three series with the best team in the league. That's facts. Um, yeah. So kudos to them. Uh, and let's not forget, Montreal has – what like seventeen thousand less fans than the Golden Knights? Do. Yeah, they. I think they have thirty five hundred over the last two games. Which is great, and don't get me wrong, that's great. Yeah. But comparatively speaking to teams in the United States, it's nothing. It's not even close. Not even close. No. Uh, sp- speaking of teams with large fans in the stands, uh, the Islanders of Tampa again, Game Five Monday night. Uh, Ryan Pulak with the save of the century. Pulak with the gate with the with the save it's of the century like in Game that. Five. It plays like that that define winning teams and championship teams. That I've I've got Pulak on my uh, NHL 19 franchise team. He's a state. He's my my solid top four. One of my top four defensemen. 
Um, Pulak's a beast. And let the, I, I mean, you and I both love the Islanders, but I, yeah, it's that, that play was huge. And um, man, I love watching games in uh, Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. I love, that'd be one arena. I'd love to go and watch a game. It's too bad this is the last season that they're playing at the Coliseum. But at least there are new arenas on Long Island. And it's, it's going to have the same, I think, atmosphere and feel, I hope, at least. Probably. Something along those lines. Um, we're at Barclays Center. Barclays is a basketball arena. Yeah, that's not a great fit for the Islanders. So at least they're getting their own arena. Queens, yep. Long Island. I in, think their, it, in their territory. They're, they're getting a new arena in their territory. It's central Long Island, which is... There you go. So. Um, but I think, I was going to say, the, the, the save by Pulak in game four to end it, um first of all i said heading to because the islanders were up i think three nothing uh before the start of the third period and i think i said into the intermission i said to my dad like if there's any team that can come back down 3-0 it's the tampa bay lightning they do such a great job at just scoring whenever they want to and they almost got it they got two quick goals early on in the third and the Islanders shut them down, but that's also how good the Islanders are at just shutting down teams when they have a lead. Well, and that's, I think we were, I was going to talk about before about, you know, game plans and, you know, I, I was talking about officials and they have a game management system. The Islanders have their own and they're, <laughs> oh, do they ever stick to the game plan? Well, they're just so, so sound fundamentally and their defensive tactics. It's very trots is a going to be a Hall of Fame coach. No, you can't, there's no arguing. Yeah. I can't, I can't argue that. So, and again, he's, we won a cup with the Capitals and he's hopefully going to win one with the Islanders too, at some point, maybe not this year, but at some point. So, um, oh, yeah, they have a great system in, in the, in, on Long Island and, um, oh, yeah, they're, I love the Island. I mean, so do you, but they're one of my, my go-to teams if the Ducks are out and the Ducks are very out. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, who do you have winning that series, the Islanders or the Lightning? Islanders and six. Islanders, ooh, Islanders and six. They're going to punch their ticket to the Stanley Cup final on Long Island. Damn it, that's a good call. That's a good call. I kinda, I'll, I'll say, just for a difference, I'll say Islanders and seven. But I, 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 I'll say, like, six is a really good play because if they – were able if they were to win the Eastern Conference uh, at home for Game Six, that would be pretty cool and, and pretty incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that so that's hockey. That's nice. puck. That's puck. Uh, do you want to go to the Euros uh, part of this now? Let's go talk Euros. Yeah, I'm not okay. by any means. I am not any soccer expert. No, sorry. neither one. No, neither one of us are. That's why we got a fun game that we're gonna play here. Sure. Uh, let's talk about we can talk about actual football stuff too but yeah let's 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 do our okay uh, no first okay let's talk about football first first turkey is shit uh yeah. Tur- turkey lost all of their games to switzerland wales and italy really? uh, that's uh, not an easy group for turkey at least no that's true that's not that's, an easy group like it's overall compared to other groups in the euro like that's a fairly easy group but like it was italy's to lose and they didn't so Shout, um, shout out Italy. Italy's like one of like the like few fun nations to root for. I like Italy just because you know they're uh, they're Italy. Italy's cool. I want to go see Italy. Um, my ancestral home, Scotland, uh, not doing too well. I think they need to win uh, Tuesday against Croatia and need help 
from the Czech Republic to advance to the next round. So that's probably not good. Um, Scotland tied England, which is good, but like they, they, they that's also. Not that's not good for England. No, but I think that's just who England is, and England's not winning this. They tend to choke a lot. Yeah. I, they're, I like, they're like the Leafs of international soccer. And the other, well, the other thing too is uh, Spain is third in group, what is it, group E. Uh, they're actually, they're worse than Sweden and Slovakia. So I did not know that Sweden and Slovakia are better soccer nations than Spain. I wouldn't say that. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I don't know about that, but let's, again, it's, you know, it's funny you talk about group E and that's, that is a weird group. But again, you look at some of the stars that are in that group, you know, Sweden, you got Holland. No, is he, yeah, he's Swedish right now. No, he's Norwegian, different kind of, different kind of Scandinavian. Slaton's not playing either. Slaton's not playing, but Poland, who's now last place, Lewandowski is their guy. And he basically yes. got from the draw against Spain. Right. So, and it's, I guess, again, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not a big sock and I'm not super up on it, but it's a weird group because again, Spain should in theory be in first place and they might be if they actually, they need some some help, I think. But if they win and Sweden loses, then I think they're good based on depends on goal differential, but um, yeah, it'll be, we'll have to see what happens. It's going to be interesting to see. Um, who comes out of that group? Uh, the other note I have is uh, Portugal and France to decide uh, the last spot, I think, in Group F, question mark. That'll be seconds. Uh, group F weird. Group, group F is by far the group of death. R.I.P. R.I.P. Hungary for having to go up against Germany, France, and Portugal in the same group. All three of those teams, well, unless um, I think there's a situation where I think if Portugal loses, they need help, a lot of help to get into the knockout stage. Um, Germany is going to play Hungary. Somehow France and Hungary tied, which, or they played to a draw, which I don't know how that happened. I didn't watch the game, but. I didn't um, either. I'm just assuming that France isn't, even though France beat Germany, I'm just assuming that France isn't as good as we all think they are. <laughs> the, que- the, que- the question is the question is is any team actually good in the euros yes um italy maybe so so italy italy is the only team that's actually good um i'd also i mean netherlands is 3-0 but they're an easy group yeah they played austria ukraine and north macedonia i'd also say belgium's pretty good too uh yeah, Belgium was. I was watching them earlier. They were playing somebody. Now that De Bruyne is back, um, that's because he was injured. I mean, he, he's here all term, but he was injured. He got injured in the Champions League final. Yes. So fact is, he's back, and Romelu Lukaku is you know playing well, and I think Thibaut Courtois. He's still a goalie in Belgium. That sounds right. Yeah, he's yeah. It's it's looking good. I just remember this is from 2018 Olympic uh, World Cup, but. Uh, yeah, Belgium's looking good. I think Belgium's good. I'm, I, I'm still picking uh, Italy to play Scotland. Uh, that that's my final. That's your final. <laughs> I like it. That's a that's a that's a hot take right there. That's a bold strategy, Cotton. I'm gonna say that is a bold strategy, Cotton. Um, I'm gonna say Germany's gonna play Belgium. If that can even happen, I'm not sure if that's possible, but I have no um, idea. 
either way, I think I think it'll be Germany versus Belgium. Um, I don't like. We'll, well, maybe we'll we'll get our, our uh, football experts on this and see what they say. Might we'll get Mosquito on here at some point yes. here to talk. We'll get Matt. We'll get Matthew. Maybe Ralph. Maybe Neil. Shmo- we'll get a bunch of people to act who actually know what they're talking about to talk soccer. Talk. Talk footy. Uh, do you want to do our, our our little draft thing that I had planned sure. for this? Oh, All right. draft. That's it. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, Let's so pr- so pretty much Scott and I. So this year, this Euros is different. There are uh, two, four, six, eight, eleven host cities for this year's Euros. Uh, Scott and I are gonna pick. We've never been to any of these cities, but Scott and I are gonna pick uh, the best cities, or at least the cities we want to visit the most, uh, in a draft. Uh, Scott, you'll go first. I'll oh. go next, and then we'll go. Basically, we'll pick. Do you want to do ten and leave one out, or do you want to do like eight and leave three out? Let's do ten and leave one out. All right, let's do ten and leave one there out. There's one city I have actually been to, but I was four months old. Okay, uh, I have never been to Europe, so I am I don't know any of these cities. Uh, so pretty much uh, to give you the rundown of Euro 2020 host cities: London, Rome, Munich, uh, Baku. St. Petersburg, Budapest, uh, Seville, uh, Bucharest, uh, Bu- Bucharest, Bucharest, yeah, you got it, yeah. Bucharest, uh, Amsterdam, Glasgow, and Copenhagen. So, Scott, yes, uh, city you want to visit the most or, or coolest? You think coolest city out of these? You go first with the first pick, Scott. Um, I do have a city I do really want to go to, but I know you're not going to pick it second. So, um, I'm gonna say. Tough. Probably, mm, probably Copenhagen. London's a cliche. Um, I I do want to go to London. Don't get me wrong. You're probably gonna pick London second overall. But Copenhagen, um, Denmark, beautiful city, beautiful country. To be honest, mm-hmm. it's but it's it, again Denmark's a uh, it's you know well off our not beautiful the, beautiful country beautiful country and uh, Den uh, Copenhagen is a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. Um, around the water, it's Close to Malmo, Sweden. So go get, go watch some hockey there. Um, but there's a night there, there's a beautiful bridge when they were doing the juniors in Malmo. Yeah. They had like the beautiful bridge they were showing between Denmark and Sweden. And Sweden, yeah. Um, Copenhagen is my pick. Um, All right. Yeah, that's my first pick. Uh, second pick. I don't know if uh, I was thinking London with my first pick, but I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the table a little bit and see how you like uh, me taking Amsterdam second second. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna take Amsterdam. Uh, yeah. I. I read a book about Amsterdam and how like the the origins of Amsterdam and how it first got started. It's a really cool city, and I'm not even talking about like the weed, uh, the red district, or any of that sort of stuff. Um, cool country, also the Netherlands. I think I would like the Netherlands. I think it'd be cool to go and just bike around and just rollerblade or whatever. Just go and explore. But Amsterdam seems like a really you on a bike. No, I think that would be really cool. I think go go around Amsterdam and just explore on a bike. Uh, I know my, my mother and father, when they were together, they uh, went for like, I think it was an anniversary uh, trip. They went to Amsterdam and right. my, my mother said she had never seen more people smoking on bikes than in Amsterdam. I think I, I have to master being on the bike first and then I'll start mastering the smoking on the bike. So once I learn how to bike, then I'll start smoking on the bike. Uh, Amsterdam is my second city. Scott, what's your third? What's the third pick? Munich. Germany. Oh, okay. I, this is the probably the closest city I was in. I was in a city three, four hours east of Munich. 
Um, I'd want, I want to go to Munich for my whole life. Bayern Munich is my favorite football club. Mm. The boys, um, Neuer's the goat. No, I'm just kidding. But um, it's, yeah, Munich's, it's not the most beautiful city, but it's a city that there's things that I like there. Uh, it's near the Black Forest. It's, you know, South Germany. So sort of-ish near the Alps. Um, Munich, my pick. Cool. Uh, city, I think that would be cool or at least exciting to go to uh, for my second pick, fourth overall. I'm going to go with Rome. I'm going to ah. I'm gonna take Rome because uh, Italy, I think, would be a cool country. I think I am maybe part Italian. I don't think there's any truth to that, but there is part of me that just loves pizza, red wine, uh, sports. I think Italy would be a great country. for. I, I feel like I would be a great Italian. Would you? Uh, you wouldn't love the heat, though. I mean, actually, it may, it may be a beautiful. It's the humidity that gets me. The humidity. I, I hate the humidity. Like, the heat, I don't mind. Like, I don't mind. Like, it's a scorcher here in Vancouver, right? Like, I don't mind the heat. It's just when it's humid, it fucking sucks. That's actually, yeah, you would like it, because it's just dry heat. It's just dry. And, and, yeah, I would, like, I love the heat. Rome would be awesome, I think. Um Cool, cool country. I'm going to take Rome for my second pick, fourth overall. Who do you have fifth? Fifth overall, I'm surprised. Um, this as this city hasn't been picked yet. London is my yes. fifth. Okay. Um, this was definitely the steal of the draft. <laughs> <laughs> London is my fifth overall pick. Uh, what can we say about London? The, the mecca of the world in a way. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. But um, yeah, London, nothing else to say about it. I, I would love to go visit London and, and go see England. I think it'd be really cool and really neat to explore. 100%. Uh, Ian, you were up six overall. Six overall. I'm going to take Glasgow. Really? I'm going to take Glasgow six because uh, I'm my ancestral home is Scotland. Um, I think Glasgow has golf courses. I could at least go and yeah. do that. I, 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 the Lynx courses are uh, thriving and prosperous in, in that part of the world. Yeah, so I think I would go do that. Um, I, I can't say a lot about Scottish food. I don't know a lot about Scottish food. Um, bagpipes, I go play bagpipes. And I think I would have a kick-ass time. I think I could have a kick-ass time in Scotland. I've heard Glasgow isn't it, it, Glasgow. I've heard is like a bit of a boring city, which I mean, fair enough. I mean, it, it weather-wise, it's going to be pretty wet and pretty cool. Edinburgh is more like for the young people. Um, I, that's why I've been, that's why I've been told. Yes, Scotland. Yeah, Aberdeen's very like quiet, very remote-ish. Yes, Edinburgh's the place to go if you want. If you want to go to Scotland, Edinburgh. That's where you're flying to, anyways. I think depending on where you're coming from, but. Possibly. Um, Edinburgh's a place to go. In uh, in Scotland, not Glasgow. So, I, are you saying I reached a bit with Glasgow? Yes, you 100% reached with Glasgow. All right. Uh, who, who do you have seventh? Ooh, um, I'm gonna say Seville, Seville, Spain. Okay. Um, again, to I'm a hot weather guy. I love the heat. This weather is awesome. I'm mad I'm not outside right now, but that's okay. Um, we have lots of summer left here in the Northern Hemisphere in Canada. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry I've taken you from... No, 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 fuck, that's all good. Um, <laughs> Seville, Spain, my next pick. Um, I would, if Barcelona was here, I would have taken Barcelona third overall. Yeah, I was going to say, that's my problem with Seville, is that it's like the third city I think I would visit in Spain, like out of places to visit in Spain. Barcelona, Madrid. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm with you there. 
Um, yeah, Seville's my seventh. Oh, seventh overall. Yeah. It's your fourth, my uh, seventh overall. Uh, my fourth. Hmm. Tough picks now. Tough sledding. Do you even know where Bucharest is? It's in Romania. Yeah, that's good. So I'm a geography guy, all right? Bucharest is in Romania. Budapest is in Hungary. Yes. Uh, St. Petersburg is in Russia. Baku is in Azerbaijan. Good. I'll say Bucharest. Okay, in Romania, interesting. I will say Romania. You know what? That's my outside-of-the-box dark horse pick. I heard, like, there's a lot of, like, cool city full of culture like vienna it's apparently a very nice city prague is apparently very nice uh budapest is pretty nice as well bucharest i'm gonna say bucharest because also there's Roma- there's rugby in romania i don't know i don't know a whole lot else about bucharest um there's probably some cool eastern european architecture maybe i'll go see some soviet stuff maybe back in a day i don't know uh bucharest is my, is my fourth pick that's eighth overall scott your final pick ninth st petersburg russia okay. russia um i'm a canadian white male so going to russia might be a little a little interesting but st petersburg is on the europe side which is beneficial to me in a lot of ways and i think i think russian architecture is pretty dope not gonna lie mm-hmm. um CSKA St. St. Petersburg is home in St. Petersburg, Russia. So uh, it's a good KHL team. Not that I'm there to watch hockey, but um, yeah, I mean, based, based to be honest, based on process of elimination, I've been to Baku um, and I don't want to really go to one. I don't really want to go to Budapest. So um, I'll pick St. Petersburg. Uh, I I was going to say that was probably the best choice out of the remaining uh, contenders. Um, Again, I've heard Russia is very Russia. I've heard is beautiful. Uh, oh. Saint Petersburg is apparently very nice. Uh, so now it's down to me uh, picking Baku and Budapest. Um, hmm. I, I'm I'm gonna say Baku. Good choice. I've never been to. What's Baku like? I was four months older when I was there. So oh, okay. I, I, but it's right on the Caspian Sea. Yes, well, I was well, I was gonna say. So we've had this conversation. So Baku is like below sea level, which is probably like the one uh, negative about it because of it floods for whatever reason. Um, well, Amsterdam too. Give us ten meters of sea level rise, and Amsterdam's underwater. Yeah, but there's more. There's cooler stuff to do in Amsterdam than Baku. Yeah, that's fine. That's uh, but also uh, Baku, there's an F1 race. Because um, you're such a big F1 guy, right? I'm a big F1 guy. Well, there's, 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 it's not really Amsterdam, but there's also a race in the Netherlands. Um, Do you know where it is? Zanfort. Okay. Baku. Uh, we're going to leave out Budapest, which that seems like a bit of a mistake. I, I, I heard, is Budapest okay? Budapest is the capital of Hungary. I think it's okay. Yes. I have uh, relatives-ish from Hungary, so uh, I should go you know, pay them a visit. But again, Hungary is... I don't know. Hungary's, I've heard, is a shit country, like, run by still dictate, like, Eastern European dictators. Uh, compared to some other countries in Eastern Europe, I don't think so, but... Ah, okay. Yeah. Like, it's of the host cities, it's definitely down the list. 
Well, I was going to say, I'm just not shit in, in terms of like beauty or like things to do, just in terms of who's actually running it and how the country is being operated. Um, yep. So there you go. There's our uh, places we like to visit or places we think are cool. Uh, Euro 2020 host city draft, just how we uh, had intended. Uh, next thing, we're going to add a little bit of entertainment here because you know what? Why not? Uh, I know we want to do some more content in the summer. We're going to talk some entertainment. Add, add a little spice uh, to this we podcast. We are a sports, pop culture, and entertainment brand. And the pop culture and entertainment brand, part of the brand, don't get awkward enough. So, um, yeah. This is, this is going to be, so we're going to talk about some albums. We're going to talk about some music. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I tried to throw out, uh, Taylor Swift has a new album, which is coming out apparently in November, I've been told. Uh, Scott doesn't know anything about that. Uh, Lord has apparently has a, a new song called Solar Power, which uh, I just saw it on um, the YouTube music. Don't know anything about that. Uh, so Scott, what albums do you want to talk about? What music do you want to discuss? I didn't know you were a Lord or Taylor Swift guy, to be honest. I knew you're always a Katy Perry guy, but no, I'm well. I'm just talking about relevant stuff that's. It's a bit more current than what we had planned. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, plus, you wanna... plus, plus, we're you know we're trying to hit a lot of demos here, so you know, I... not... well, yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, do we want to start with Culture Three? Sure. Let's talk about Culture Three first. Migos, you guys know him. You know you know him. You love him. Culture One came out in 2016. Culture Two in 2018, and Culture Three dropped. June 11th, 2021, with 19 new tracks, plus four bonus tracks, I believe. On a um, deluxe album, I think they had four yeah. bonus tracks. Um, there are some great features on this album. Drake, Cardi B, Polo G, Future, Justin Bieber, Juice World, Pop Smoke, and Young Boy Never Broke Again. Ian, do you have a favorite song from this album? Uh, I was listening back to this album. Um What's the one with the, the one with Drake? I, I listened again and I thought it was pretty good. Um, I'm just gonna pull it up Having again here. Having our way was good. I liked Avalanche. I thought that was good. They also did one. I guess because I like sports, they did it with a song titled Mahomes. I thought that was also good. Um, one I I didn't like Cardi B's feature because I don't think she's that good. Um, I'm I I'm sure I'm gonna get some some flack for that, but uh, Cardi B not good. Uh, but your, your opinion okay that's fine um yeah. yeah mahomes avalanche having our way those are my three favorite songs uh right. off the album I mean, for the most part i thought it was a better album than culture too oh that's a hot take i thought i think it was called i think it was culture one was good for when it came yeah. out culture two was fine it had a couple good songs in there and then i think culture three is as an album overall better okay. Not that I'm a music expert by any means, but right. Just, right. just throwing out my opinion. Yeah, okay. On my podcast. No. I like it. It's your podcast. I like it. Um, I love Modern Day. Modern Day is a classic. That is that is as classic Migos as it gets. Um oh, Modern Day. Yeah, Quavo went nuts. Take take off his um yeah, Quavo went mad because of what happened with Saweetie because they broke up. Yeah. So and Quavo, yeah, Quavo snapped on his new song. So um, you'd love to see it. I, I love Modern Day is an absolute banger. Um, 
I like light it up with pop smoke, but maybe that's just me. I'm a little biased. I, I'm a big pop smoke guy, but maybe that's just me. Um, what you see with Biebs is actually pretty good too. I don't mind that. I'm, you know, we've had a we've had a conversation about Biebs where I've said like Biebs, like when he started, he sucked. Then he actually like yeah improved, and I thought he actually had a couple of de- decent songs, and then I think he fell off again. Uh, this song, listening back over again, it it's better than second time than I thought the first time, but. That that's just me. There you go. That's is just. There a, is there a song you didn't like, or a song you 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 didn't enjoy listening to? Oh, to be honest, I have to look through the album again um, and see. Straighten's good, but actually, no, I, I'm not gonna say it's bad. Straighten, Straighten is a good song too. I like that one. Um, Did you have a song that you just dislike outright? Dislike. Wow. Malibu with Polo G, maybe. Yeah, I would. I would. I yeah. I kind of agree with that. Would be the one that kind of sticks out to me. They're all pretty good, to be honest. But again, I'm you know I'm not gonna look at you know artists negatively. It's just like I don't love it, but other people might, and that's the thing with music. It's so hard to judge and what people like and what they don't. That's I think that's a you know sign of a good artist is like yeah you might have three or four songs you like from an album, but the other. 15 you're not going to and other people might like other songs that you that you you know that your songs that you like that they might not so um it's why yeah. it's, it's why it's a hot take on opinion i i like listen, i don't have anything against the migos like i think they're no, a good right band for, right yeah, for for what they're for, for what they made yeah like i i don't just because i hate i say i don't like a song doesn't mean i hate them like that that's i think the problem is with, with some of the stuff it's just because you say you don't like it means oh you hate so and so it's like no i just didn't like the song no for uh, sure but yeah good according to the great album um i was you know maybe overhyping the drop but it, it, can, it was great it's a great great album um i'm really happy i hope they, be for it. they might not but if they do it'd be happy so um yeah good stuff let's talk about um talk about the off season Ah, yes, which is what the Toronto Maple Leafs are in right now. Yes, they are. They're in that a lot. Um, let me just preface this with uh, Off Seasons by J. Cole, if you haven't heard. Uh, came out in May, I believe. Yes, May 14th, I think um, it was. The first three songs of this album, they all fucking slap. They all, they all hit hard. So, so, he, so here's the thing. I... Again, listen, I said originally at first I didn't like this album. I think I'm that asshole who, like, doesn't like it when stuff comes out immediately, but then you have to okay. listen to it a few times, and then right. I actually enjoy it. But That's normal. Some people like that. There was one song, I can't remember where it was, where he had, like, didn't he have, like, a homophobic slur that he used in a song and something about anti-gay, I think it was? I don't know. I don't. That doesn't ring a bell to me. I'll have uh, to listen to it again. But there was one song. I forgot to mark yeah. it down. But, anyway. I mean... Yeah, what, what what song did you like from this album? Well, the the first three songs, okay. so 95 South, Amari, and My Life. Those three all, to me, they're all great songs. Um, I have all three downloaded on my phone right now. So, um, yeah, the, I'm to be like, full disclosure, I've never been like the biggest J. Cole guy. Um, I do like his music and I think his bars are immaculate a lot of times and um it just i'm more of like a beats guy i'm not really like the the, the song the lyrics that to me like I, some, I don't always pay attention to that i pay attention to the beat and 
I, yeah, I love... that that's that's today's music. It doesn't matter what you sing about it. All matters about it is the beat and how hard does it go. That's what it just seems like matters. This is how boomer eyes sound, where it's just like the lyrics don't matter today. It's all about the beats. What about good lyrics or good songs? Well, lyrics do matter, and that's the thing. And and that's the thing that I like about you know songs that are on my playlist are songs that have a good beat, but also the lyrics are you know they're good. And I think Amari's really good. My life's really good. Um, I thought Amari was really good. Um, I I know that I know there is the I know there is huh. Pride is the devil is getting a lot of love. I uh, well you you know the joke about that I think I've said a few times where like I can't believe he released Pride is the devil during Pride Month like how dare he or with Pride Month coming up what an asshole like no I I I I think it's a good album again I listened to I listened back to it again I thought it was a good album I thought Amari was good I don't think it's up there for his best albums i think it's a fine drive is still the best album yeah i i i don't think it's up there but i still think it's a solid album a good listen if you haven't listened to it already that's i i will agree with that uh did you want to talk about lord or taylor swift apply applying pressure by the way i wanted to throw that out there too uh did you say applying pressure i thought that was i know i said 95 south amari in my life okay i said applying pressure too was another one i thought was good uh i don't really want to talk about lord or taylor swift i don't know a whole lot about them but i'm sure we'll talk about that when they're uh no i'm sure we'll do like a bachelor taylor swift like just combo episode in november when this all comes out and basically we just talk for um, six hours because nobody just nobody wants to stop talking about how much Taylor Swift and The Bachelor rocks. Well, that's a, and the you know fact is is that everyone's different opinion on music is going to be so different, and that's you know again we could spend hours talking about different you know artists and different songs, and um, like I could go into you know, a good chat about Travis Scott and Utopia, and that's you know how that's going to come out hopefully this in this calendar year. Um, Drake still hasn't dropped his album; he's only dropped an EP. So, um, but he will though. He'll drop it this summer. I'll, we hope so. That's what he oh. said. Uh, throw up, was it throw throwback to like when the Raptor like I think when we were still in high school and uh, uh, the Raptors got eliminated by the Cavs and Bronny's just like your team lost and it's just like no my season starts like June twenty seventh or whenever his album dropped and it's just like okay but you root for this te- like okay whatever fine you do your trick. Yeah, that's that, what um, oh, what album was that? That was um, Scorpion. Yeah, that sounds right. But then we graduated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with with nonstop, um, God's plan, and I what's the other one? In my in my feelings, another one too. Um, that all was, that all sounds right. Can't yeah, take a actually can't take a joke is another song on that album that slaps. Um, do you want to go to the mailbag? Yes, though. Isn't it pretty hefty? It's a pretty thick mailbag, I'll tell you. Um, also, I like, by the way, I, I think we'll, we'll keep the entertainment part because I think it's a nice uh, addition compared, like it, yeah. to, compared to, compared to yeah. just good, bad, or insert adjective here, which we actually got a good, bad, or insert adjective here question for, uh, for the mailbag. Oh, we did. We did. Uh, the fans listen. The fans listen. They give us mailbag questions. So we're, we're, we're good at what we do. Um, Let's let's start uh, from Max Kleban, NBA offseason hot takes. Do you have do you have any hot takes for the NBA offseason or moves you think might happen? Obviously, again, we're doing this Monday where the Philadelphia 76ers uh, shot the bed. Uh, yeah. The the uh, the Brooklyn Nets uh, 
somewhat injured couldn't get it done against the Milwaukee Bucks. But do you have any big NBA hot season, NBA offseason, offseason hot takes, things you think might happen in the NBA? Um, the Suns are going to win the NBA Finals. The hot take. That's not really an off-season hot take, but sure, yeah. No, but um, Simmons is going to LA. No, sorry, no, hold on. Embiid's going to LA. Simmons ooh. is going to stay. Oh, that's um, oh, that'll be ooh, ooh. <laughs> Let's see. Um, if the Bucks don't win, Giannis is out. They have even to- after signing the deal. I think so. Yeah. He just forced the trade. Interesting. Um, hey, you, you're asking for hot takes. That's that's that 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 is true. That is that is true. I don't necessarily agree. You know, myself with these. I don't think I think Giannis is staying in Milwaukee forever. But um, that's just you know for providing some 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 creating some uh, conversation. I think the the biggest one I have MB to LA, whether it's Los Angeles Clippers or Los Angeles Lakers, that's yet to be seen. But um, MB to LA. Let me I actually see. don't. I actually don't mind that. Even if it is the Clippers, I think that makes some sense. Um, I, you're gonna hate me saying this. I think Dame's out of Portland within a year. Like we within a year. Like in the next 365 days, Dame is oh, out in Portland. Dame is loyal. Well, they might trade. Well, no, they might trade him. Like that's the problem. Is that like they might? Because problem is that Portland's been doing this so many times. I don't know if portland's just like we're gonna go a different direction which i don't know how you get better there's not really a path to getting better by training one of the top five players in the league which i think he is when he's hot and when he's on he's one of the top five best players in the league he's mvp conversation a lot of years i think isn't he Uh, possibly it's just people aren't going to vote for somebody in portland because nobody watches trailblazers games also isn't a top they, they're not a top seed team and it's not just him there like portland don't, they have a good team they just don't do get it done in the playoffs no i'm wrong on that but um like again cj mccollum's there uh nurkic is pretty good their bench is solid it's not great but it's solid it's, it's enough for what you need and i will i do agree they do need a better they need a better front court that's if if they are to get better, I agree. There's not a lot of room to get better in Portland. But if they are to get better, um, they need a better front court. Uh, the other uh, hot take I've been hearing that's been floated around it's Ben Simmons to the Warriors. Really, kind of makes sense where you got a really good you know defender in Simmons who can't shoot, and then you just put him up with a bunch of shooters like Steph yeah. and Clay and those guys. They can be the facilitator. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Uh, more le- from Aiden Ramich, uh, more likely to win the Euros, Belgium or France. I think we know who, who you said, uh, Belgium going to the finals, but yeah, Belgium. Um, yeah, hard to go against France though. Um, that's, that's why I'll take, that's why I'll take France just for a uh, difference of opinion. I'll say France, I'll say Belgium, but that's going to be, if that's a semifinal match, that's going to be one hell of a semifinal. Neither one of these teams are going to win the Euro. That's my hot take with that. Neither one, Bel- right. neither Belgium nor France will win the Euro. Interesting. Uh, right. Is Giannis the best player in the world from SYP Creator Rav? The best player in the world? I don't think so. Here's the thing. I don't think Giannis... Pardon? Right now or ever? I'd say right now. Uh, no. He's not the guy. Here's the thing. He's not someone I would build. He's not the first guy I would build my team around. I would probably, I would probably build my team around Durant right now. 
right now? Okay. Yeah. I'd say Luca, but that's just because he's young. Yeah, that's also a good pick too. That, again, that's you know that's the whole conversation. It's the debate. It's like, are you are you building a team for a single season? You're building a team for a franchise. And if I'm that- building if I'm building a team for like the next three to five years, I'm probably building it. Uh, starting with Durant, if I'm building it for the next five to eight, ten years, it's probably Luca. Giannis would probably also get consideration in either of those categories. Like he's probably a top five player for both, but. I think right now he's easily a top three player. Yeah, right? probably. Without a doubt. Uh, I wouldn't say, is he top one? Hard to say. Um, I'm still, yeah, it's hard. Again, I don't follow basketball as close as some of you guys do. And, um, but I, I would say no. I'd say I just want to build my team around Luca, but that's just me. Uh, so Giannis is not the best player in the world, Rob. Sorry if you think that. But not right now. Not if, right now. If he... We'll probably have that debate in two, three weeks if Milwaukee yeah. wins the title. We might, actually. That's a good point. Um, so yeah, I can say he's the best player of all time, or of right now. But Best player right now, I can't say it. Yeah. Uh, Rab also asked, are the Habs winning it all, or are the Golden Refs getting it? Uh, who is the unsung hero so far? So we talked about earlier who we think is going to win uh, the series between Montreal and Vegas. Who's an unsung hero for you in that series right now? For the Knights just, or for that? Or for just in general? in general. If the Knights win, I'm going to say it's Robin Leonard, but um, no, I'm just saying about that. Not Robin Leonard. Um, Alex Petrangelo. Yeah. For the Golden Knights and for Montreal, he's Petrangelo's arguably been their MVP best player in the series. Oh, this series, hundred percent. Yeah, the Vegas Knights defense has been unbelievable, and not just defensively; like they're putting up goals, not just points, goals too. I think the defense, defensive core in the playoffs has like thirteen or fourteen goals. I was gonna say, I, I thought I heard a stat somewhere where like. Vegas's defense contributes 24, 25, like a quarter of the team's points. Oh, points, yeah, points, yeah. A quarter of the team's points. And Montreal's defense contributes 3% of the team's, like, points. Like, it's just a stark contrast between the two teams defensively. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, that's the thing with the Golden is that they are so powerful. And their defense jump in the rush so, so often. And that's what makes them dangerous. You always see... You'll, you'll see the forwards flipping back in the defense. And that, especially if they have, I'm not sure what they have play defensive coverage as, but if they play man to man, that fucks with people. Because again, you got a defenseman in the high slot and you have a forward below the goal line in, in situations where the defense and forward switch. So it just, it throws all kinds of uh, defensive miscues in and that's what leads to goals. And I think the Knights might be doing that more. So. Uh, uh, my unsung hero, I guess, in this series, I don't know if he's unsung, but Josh Anderson. I think he's had a, a, a nice role. I mean, you could, here's the thing. I would go either Anderson or Caulfield because I think e- either one of them, ha- both of them have contributed offensively, creating chances, creating opportunities for a Montreal team that is starved for opportunities right. and, and good opportunities. I was going to say the fourth line. For unsung for the Montreal, sure. Montreal unsung hero, but I'm gonna stick with Petrangelo um, just for the Golden Knights side of it. So, yeah, I, I'll say Caulfield or Anderson. They're not really unsung, but more like in terms of creating opportunity. I don't know if it's been said enough how well they've been at creating opportunities and offensive pressure. Uh, um, Eliza, yep. who's been on the pod 
uh, I think it was a month ago. Logos, of, logos, by the way, great. Your logos look great. Yeah, she did the logos. Uh, great podcast guest, Eliza. Uh, she asked Serena Williams or Tom Brady. Oh, uh, I'm gonna say Serena Williams purely because she. Well, first of all, she has more championships than yeah. Tom. And yes, there are four championships in tennis in a year, and Tom Brady only has one championship per year. But Serena Williams had won a championship. I don't think she was pregnant, but she had just been pregnant. Um, I think she was. Maybe she. I don't remember exactly. It, it was, I know. What, I know. I know. It's where you're talking about, though. Yeah. Um, Serena Williams, greatest female tennis player of all time. I would put her in the gold conversation. Uh, Serena Williams. Uh, I, I searched it up. She has an 85% career winning percentage. Uh, Tom Brady only has 75%. Not yeah. good enough, Tom. Um, also, tennis is more of an individual sport than it, than football is. Football is a team sport. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like you say, more championships. She's won more championships. Tom hasn't won enough championships. Um, so I have to go with uh, Serena Williams. Probably one of the greatest athletes of all time. Oh, a thousand percent. Um, no, 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 that's like... The conversation, the goal conversation has to be sorted into individual team sports, individual sports and team sports. And because Bra- Brady's the goat for football, like I'm not arguing, like that's I don't what we're arguing, like in terms of just no, there is no argument, that. No. yeah. But in terms, but in terms of like comparing him to Serena Williams, it's not really close, no. And it's it's also to, it, to be honest, it's not a fair comparison because again, they're playing different sports and it's it's just not the right. Like you have to compare individual sports with individual sports and team sports with team sports. Like yeah. you compare Tom Brady, MJ, um, Wayne Gretzky, and Kobe. Kobe, sure. We'll say Kobe. Um, we could say, I don't know. Um, Derek Kobe. Jeter. Derek Jeter. Yeah, maybe. Um, Mariano Rivera. I'd throw in there too. Sure. But that's anyways. That's the whole other conversation. The good conversation we could have every podcast if we wanted to, but. Uh, for Eliza's question, Serena Williams is the greatest ten- female tennis player. I, I almost say greatest tennis player of all time. Uh, uh, from Jevin, he's got four questions. Jevin, Jevin LeFay from the left side, heavy pod. Good, bad, insert adjective here. Steven Stamkos. The career, the career retrospective on Stamkos is going to be interesting because cool. because he he's he's, he's kind of like Lemieux in the sense that he's not healthy all the time and he hasn't been healthy for a lot of his career yet he still contributed quite a bit yeah um i'll say good bad insert i'm going to insert adjective i'm going to say electric with an asterisk okay pun, pun is intended cuz he plays for the lightning yes that um, man can snap or shoot the puck and he is I'd say one of the more underrated leaders in the NHL. Tampa's got a great team. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't, let's say he's like Dustin Brown with the Kings in that, like he's a lesser player on with there's better players on the team, but Stamkos is one of the premier players on the lightning. Don't get me wrong. And man, he can shoot the puck 65 goals in 2010 or 2009, 10. Um, nuts. The, the kid's nuts. Um, Stammer's a good player and he might be hoisting another cup this year, but we'll see. Um, he's a good player. I, it's funny when they were talking about the rebuild with Tampa eons ago, and he was going to be the focal guy, like he was going to be the guy that was going to change it all around. And now he's like the fourth best player on the team. Yeah, fifth, fifth, fifth best, but like fifth best player on the team behind uh, 
Hedman, Kucherov, Kucherov, Point, and then Stamkos. I would yeah, say. like yeah. so, it's so good. He's so good. Well, that's the thing. Stamkos on any other team would be a top, a top or second best player. On the yeah, team. because on Tampa, he's the fifth best player because of how sick the other guys are. Uh, Jevin also asked, "What do you think Matthew Wolf's ceiling is?" How many majors for Matthew Wolf? I, I was thinking about, I was pondering this yesterday. You think five? Okay, I was going to say like two, three majors. Okay. Like, I think he's a good golfer. Um, I thought he was going to do better at the U.S. Open than what he did. I thought he was going to kind of be closer to contention than he was. I think he was hovering around even par, one over for most of the weekend. One I think he's one or two under. Okay. Um, Wolfie's a young talent. He's Yeah. He kind of reminds me a lot of Luca in a weird way kind of they kind of burst on the scene at a similar ish time um wolfie's gonna win five he's gonna win a pga he's gonna win i think he won a u.s open at some point yeah 100 um he'll win a u.s open at some point he won a masters actually maybe i should say three i'll say three to be safe but the one he won't win is a british open that's fair um I three I think three majors is a safe ceiling for Matthew Wolf. I agree. That's a golfer. Uh, he also Jevin also asked Kevin Durant best offensive player of all time. Off, best best offensive player or best scorer? There's, best best he says best offensive player of all time. No, God no. Who is it then? Michael Jordan, MJ. Is it Michael? Well. It's hard to say. The problem is that you're. This is also the NBA debate. Like you're dealing with two different generations here, yeah. where like several. Because we could we could say Wilt's the best offensive player. Of all sure, time. absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and if you put all the guys in today's NBA, where they just call everything, you know, foul wise, yeah. um, it's hard to say. Hard to say. I I I don't. I'm not going to say yes to Durant being the best offensive player of all time, but he is close. Like a seven footer who can shoot threes with handles who can post yeah, up if he really needs to yeah i'm a hell of a basketball player i'm not going to argue that against that no. um the best offensive is he the best scorer of all time yeah you could argue that i'd say he's probably top two behind mj but um in terms of best the best scorer um like if, if you need a basket late and you're calling on one guy with two seconds left i would take mj but kevin durant's a Close, close second. Good option. Um, final question from Jevin. Uh, Gareth Bale's future after Euros. Now, there has been some talk about him leaving. I believe it's Real Madrid after the season's over. Um, I, I, he'll probably, I would think he would go back to England because everything I've heard is that, everything I've heard is that there's no money in Spain. So maybe he'll go to Italy, go to uh, La Liga. Um, or Syria, 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 party in Italy. Um, Juventus, pair him with Ronaldo. You do that. That's what you do if you're Juventus. I don't know. They've done it before, so why not? Yeah, I guess that's that's a good take. Um, yeah, Italy's had a res- Syria's had a resurgence. They've they've gotten some. Uh, Syria better- is back. Syria is back. La Liga is dying. Yeah, you know it's bad when uh, neither Barcelona or Madrid win. I guess that's a good thing for the league, because um, who won this year? It was Atletico, right? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I that one, that one, uh, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, it's oh. Bale to Juventus. Bale to Juventus. That's 
that's what we think is going to happen. Um, Gareth Bale. You're no uh, football experts by any means. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, England or Juventus. That, that's the hot take uh, for Gareth Bale. Like we know what we're talking about. Scott, any uh, final thoughts before we uh, head out here for this podcast? Go Islanders. Um, hopefully win tonight. Yeah. Hopefully win six. Hopefully go to the cup final and uh, do some damage. All right. I love the sound of that. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Again, uh, I got it here. Uh, in case you haven't checked it out, uh, SYP, SYP hoodies are in. Get your hoodies. Um, DM us. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like this video. You know the drill. I don't need to tell you. You guys know how it works. Thank you very much again for watching and listening. Peace out.